Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Welcome and thank you for joining the Inventory Professional Podcast with me, Sean, from the Inventory Base Academy. And I'm joined today by John Hield from LJ Property Inspections. Welcome, John. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for asking me to join in. Today, we're going to be talking about snagging. And I specifically asked for John's expert understanding of snagging because it's been something that's been coming up quite a lot, uh, both in the main social press and also on our Facebook support hub with Infantry Base Academy. So I thought it'd be really helpful for infantry providers to actually understand what snagging is. And also, if you're looking to develop it as a new service, what exactly is involved. So John, tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your experience. Well, I actually come from the house building industry. I have worked for house builders for 30 years plus. It probably gives my age away slightly. <laughs> no, it just says you've got a lot of experience, which is great. <laughs> and I was more on the sales side than there was on the build side. But having said that, I my responsibility was to deal with the customers on a one-to-one basis, particularly where they became disillusioned with the quality of build that they'd received. I did spend a lot of time dealing with the build issues that came up. I've got a portfolio of properties myself, which I rent out. When I left the house building industry, I decided that I wanted to do something within property because that's what I've always known. And I felt that there was a gap in the market where customers remained unhappy with the quality of what they were being sold. And in the end, I decided that it was probably the best thing to do as part of what I did to actually do snacking reports as well. Right, so everything is basically a direct result from your experience and also your customer experience. So how has that manifested itself into an actual service for you? What does that entail? Well, what we will do is we will undertake reports for customers. It's quite often you start to deal with a customer when they feel that there's an issue with the property. And I think the problem that the house building industry have got is delivering on time. And when they don't deliver on time, the idea that this is the best thing that the customer ever did starts to slip. Right. The customer then starts to have a look at what is being delivered. And it's a bit like a lot of what I say will relate to the um, car industry. It's a bit like buying a new car. You know what the quality is going to be because the car industry spend thousands or millions of pounds every year on making sure that anything they produce is up to standard. Unfortunately, the house builders aren't renowned for it. So as people start to become disillusioned with the house builder, mainly because of uh, perhaps the date slipping, then they start to look at other things. And, and that is where we get contacted with us to go and actually have a look at the property and see what we think about the quality. So is that normally right at the very end when it's been signed off by the house builder to be given over to the sales company, ready to be given to the new buyer or a little bit before, a little bit afterwards? Yeah. When does that normally happen? What tends to happen 
companies, if a house builder will get to the point that the house is built complete, they apply for what's called a CML, which is a certificate. And that is provided usually by the warranty provider. So the NHBC or Premier, one, one of those. They sign it off to say that the house complies. But I think the misnomer is that where it's being signed off, it doesn't mean to say that it's customer ready. It means that it complies with the regulations as far as the inspector is aware. So it's more about the actual technical side of it as opposed to the actual, maybe the decor, the decoration, the functionality side. Correct. Yeah, correct. And let's face it, what most customers see is the decor and the decoration. They tend to see what's behind it. So um, what tends to happen is the house builder will actually announce that it's built complete. They will then instruct the customer to complete. So they give them about 10 days in which to complete and pay the money over, of course. And really, the best time to do a snag on a property is during that 10-day period. Because if the house is to a, a decent quality, the builder can go back in prior to the customer actually taking occupation and can put right the minor snags that, that need to be resolved. It saves the customer having to be there all the time in order to meet the painter or the decorator, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it gets it sorted out in a, in a clean and efficient manner. The issue tends to be that the house builders don't want snagging companies in whilst it's still in their ownership. And I think it's something that might change in years to come, but for me, if I have built a quality product, then I would be quite happy for anybody to go and have a look at it. By the house builders saying that you can't go until after legal completion does rather indicate that they're not that proud of what they've actually produced. Right. Okay. And is it, do you find that's like across the board, any kind of house build or is a, a specific type or just that's a, just a generalisation of it? Yeah, I think the problem is that where a house is built on a site, if it's a one-off, you can expect to pay a one-off price for it and mm -hmm. you expect to get a one-off quality. Where it's on a development of 50 or 100 and 150 houses, the issue is that they're under time pressures and constraints to get the property finished and to get the customer in. No, I can understand that. So you've got the property, you've been called in to do the snagging. What is it you're actually looking for and how detailed are your reports both as you provide them or as you see that they need to be in order to deliver that snagging service to the customer? The reports that we do, I suppose the difference between an inventory and snagging report is that with an inventory, you're going to a completed property where you're reporting on the condition of that property. With a new build, you're going to that property and really the report starts when you turn the corner of the road that the property's on. So it is quite likely that the road hasn't been completed because they don't top the roads off until after they finish the development. Yeah, I see that a lot. I often find when we, we go to new builds, we've got a particular kind, there's actually a lot of new builds coming through at the moment. And yeah, often, you know, even getting on track, we often have to get site, uh, keys from site office, roads aren't done, paving, you know, mm -hmm. that thing. So yeah, we're used to yeah. that. We're looking at things like street lighting, whether it's up, whether it's working. It's always difficult to tell in the middle of the day whether a street light works or not, but the site manager will normally inform you. And also the area around it. So quite often you will find that a house is being built next door might have the scaffold on the drive to the property that you're inspecting. Yeah, I see that a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the customer, to a certain extent, hasn't really thought about it until they try and get two cars on the drive or, or to start to use the garage. And public open space is always a contentious one because most house builders won't finish that until 
the end of the development. As an infantry provider, I wouldn't think about that. I would just be looking at the actual physical aspects of the actual property and the grounds around it. So why, from a snagging report point of view, do you need to be looking at that? Is that something that you do specifically within your own service or is that what you consider best practice for snagging? Very much best practice for snagging. What I think there's a difference between obviously a purchaser and a tenant. So the tenant is committing the rent every month to where they're living, but their commitment overall is limited to paying the rent. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is investing in new property, they have probably saved for years to do it. They are committing to a high financial expense over what, 25 years plus, what they need to be looking at is, what we need to be looking at as snaggers, is will the property be up to the standard that they deserve to receive? That they struggle to drive down a road or at night pitch black is not what they've paid for. So in a way, there's, is there a two kind of tiers service here? One where you're snagging from the purchaser's point of view and then one where you're snagging from the tenant stroke landlord point of view? Yes. Very much so. It, I feel it's a, a different scenario. A lot of what we do when, we, when we're doing an inventory does translate into the snagging of the new property. The other thing is that we also have to consider the tolerances that are allowed within new build. We also have to look at the regulations. So we need to have an idea as to what the regulations are. There's no point in putting in a report that for instance, a smoke detector, your favourite wording is audible sound, yeah. um, but it might have been put in the wrong place. So yeah. it doesn't actually comply with the house building regulations. And I suppose from our point of view, we, from an inventory point of view, we're just looking to see, is it physically there on the right level and the right type, i.e. smoke detector or heat sensor in the kitchen or carbon monoxide alarm near a potential source of carbon monoxide, like open fire burner that sort of thing that's right but we're, we're looking beyond that we're looking to make sure one that they're fitted and two that they're fitted in the correct place and that applies to a lot of what we're looking at so we will again we will look to get gas certificates with sign off that has been done and approved it's very difficult because what you tend to find is the site manager or the house builder is not mindful to assist in your report is that because you're pointing out mistakes potentially yeah yeah, some are. I mean, nobody likes to be criticised. And, and I think the way that we look at it is that if it's a good house, then we are quite happy to say you're buying a good house. Mm -hmm. We are not a company to go out to find 120 plus snags yeah. because it makes the customer feel that they've paid for a, a report where these items have been picked up and they can go and hit the house builder over the head with it. If we do a report and it's a good house and there's 20 items on it, then I feel that it's worth telling the customer that the house is a good product. Yeah, that makes really good sense. And it's interesting to actually see the fact that there's such a big difference between, oh, there's like two reports. So from your point of view, we've got the two reports. You've got the snagging one for the actual buyer. We've got the one for the landlord ready for the tenant to go in. From that point of view, as a, an inventory provider, as you are, how do you configure your report? What are you looking at? Is it exactly the same as an inventory? Is it a schedule condition? Is it an asset stroke task list? What does that look like to you? Well, I think a bit similar to what we look at outside the property, 
when we go into a property with an inventory, you say there's a, a dishwasher there and it looks clean. The first thing that we will do when we're doing a snagging report is that we will go and put all the appliances on. Oh, right. Okay. We will run the bath. We will run the sinks. We're looking at water pressure. We're making sure that hot water's coming through. We're looking for leaks, which is one of the biggest reasons for doing it. It's amazing how many drains aren't connected or only loosely connected so that they leak. But we'll also run the water to the point where it'll use the overflow. It kind of gets a bit scary at times. You start running around the house thinking, have a check, have I turned everything off? That's but you run safe. the bath to the overflow because, again, the overflow might not be connected correctly. See, again, that's a really good point because from an inventory point of view, we wouldn't be doing that because ours is a very non-invasive visual kind of check and, and obviously comments in order to say whether that, like I said, there's issues in regards to physical scratches, marks, doors not closing to frame, intermessive strips not being present, etc. But we kind of like do not, and certainly my own personal service, don't go and you know check the water pressures, certainly don't be, be checking taps and overflows, etc. So it already shows that there's a lot more to snagging that maybe that most people think yes that's right i suppose we're the in the the car industry scenario we're we're driving the car out of the factory and down the road to make sure that everything does work we're not just looking at it saying it looks okay so how are you actually recording this information i presume you're opening up the windows making sure the locks are working doors are closing to frame the fire safety is there as is described and also like you said the the water press etc so how are you recording that on your report what does that look like to you it looks quite different to the standard report that is produced by inventory bag mm-hmm. But one of the reasons that we actually started to nominate it to use inventory basis product was because it offers flexibility to change it. So Lorraine, my business partner and I were discussing last night, what is the basis of the report that we do from inventory base? So to tell everybody to say we use this particular report and then we've adapted it. The actual truth is we can't remember what report we started with because we've adapted it so it, we made it so different. Definite plus for you because then you, you, you're able to adapt it. You're not held to a certain template type. You're, you're literally looking at what it is you need and then making the template fit to your needs as opposed to the other way around. That's right. And we found with a lot of the other providers, it was a, it was a very definite template that was fixed and couldn't be changed. Okay, so then from a format point of view, one of the things that was said in the uh, forum post in the threads was that people are using like schedule condition or almost like a bit like an asset register, very much a tick box type of thing. So what would it look like from your point of view? What kind of information are you putting in? Are you listing like door, door, frame, ceilings, lighting, and then commenting on whether they're working, whether they're not, and providing the pictures? Yes, yeah, that, that's exactly what we're doing. So if you take a door frame as an example, we're actually inspecting both the inside of the door frame and the outside of the door frame, the inside of the door and the outside of the door, the hinges, to make sure that it closes, that it works, if it's a fire door, that it slams shut, that it is a fire door. And again, to a certain extent, the site manager is an important person in what we do. If you can get the site manager to cooperate with you, then there is actually loads of information that you can get from him that you can add to the report to make it worthwhile. If you've got the opposite and they're not helpful or 
they're not going to cooperate with you, then you probably need to go and have a look at the working drawings maybe in the sales centre. You would go yeah. that far? Yes, it's very different to the problem with something like a fire door. It's a very contentious issue. And should there be a fire door in a particular location, well, the working drawing that the builder produces should tell you that. And there may be a reason why a fire door is not there because they put a fire door somewhere else. So it's better to refer back to the working drawing rather than making out that you've got full knowledge of what they've done and criticising what it is. So it's a, it's a coming together of all sorts of information that is useful to know, not just turning up at the property and doing a condition report. So, yeah, so it's not a case of literally looking at a bit of wall, finding, you see, I don't know, if you've had a bit of snagging chalk, the blue or pink chalk you sometimes see, and, and just, you know, open a couple of cupboards, et cetera, just to see if the, if the doors are actually fitted. You're literally going through it, almost like in a fine-tooth comb. Every single aspect, every single potential item, its functionality, whether it's fit for purpose and also whether it complies. Because obviously, it's certainly from a safety element point of view, fire doors, intermessent strips, perco chains, et cetera, where smoke alarms are sighted are extremely important. So they should all be included in your snagging report. So that then says to me that, it has to be a separate and standalone report over and above just being included in you as an inventory because it, its purpose is so, so different. Absolutely, yes. I wouldn't go and use a standard inventory report to, to produce a snagging report. Ours are probably twice as long as the standard inventory. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that we'll probably make a lot more comment on what it is. So it's not a, a, a yes, no tick box. Some items can be, but it might be a lot more commentary on, you know, what we're seeing. So you've captured all that information. I presume you're then also capturing from a picture point of view or video point of view within the report date and time stamps enabled on that as well. So you're yeah. giving that kind of confirmation. You're going from that subjective information and evidence over to objective with the pictures. That's right. Yeah. We probably take between, well, it depends on the quality of the house, but maybe five, 700 pictures and it's not until you actually get back and start to write up the report that you refer back to the pictures will give you more information to add into the report i think the other thing to consider is time it does take a lot more time to do it we would expect to be in a property we've been in properties four and five bed detached houses where we've been in for the whole day well wow, that long yeah yeah and then it will take you maybe a day day and a half to write the report up so I'm presuming then someone's inventory report rate card, it's got to be different for snagging. You know, you are, because obviously one, the amount of time you are at the property and the information you're collecting. Because one thing I'm always saying to inventory providers is that they're not paying necessarily for your time. They're paying for your expertise, your understanding and the report that you deliver with the right information for them to be able to use it for its fit, you know, for its purpose. So yeah. I'm presuming from that point of view, what you then charge, and obviously I won't ask you what you charge, but what you charge is very much down to that particular service as opposed to maybe look at an inventory in a four or five bedroom house, what you would charge for that and then effectively use that same rate for that snagging report. Yeah, completely, completely different pricing structure. As I say, you know, if you're going to spend a whole day in a property, the problem is until you get there, you don't know how long you're going to be there for. A bit similar to the way you do an inventory, but the amount of detail that you put on it means that you could well be there for the whole day. So how do you then, for, as, a, as a provider, work out how that looks on the financial side of things? Are you doing it from, do you have a set, 
day rate, set report rate, set room rate? How, how do you manage that? Because obviously I'm thinking if people are considering adding snagging as a service, they need to be you know, thinking, parking what they do with inventories and rethinking how that would then look. Yes, yeah. We, we tend to do it on uh, the size of the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will ask probably two questions. What is the square foot of the property? Because that gives you a very good indication. And how many bedrooms has it got? But it, again, it is very similar to an inventory in that the amount of bathrooms, the amount of WCs in the property, it all adds time because they require to be looked at more carefully than a standard bedroom that's been carpeted. So would you actually do a day rate as, as, as a professional? What we've tended to do is we've tended to do a rate for the number of bedrooms that the property's got. So again, similar to what an inventory does, but obviously it's going to have to be priced a lot more, a lot differently because of the, the, the time element, the, the, the amount of detail, the amount of work involved. That's so right. it wouldn't be like some providers, you know, on a one bedroom property, 50 to 80 to 100 pounds, you know, it's not going to be that way. No. Um, but then again, I presume then from your client point of view, they're happy to be paying these rates because they're getting a very detailed, very uh, useful and, and well-constructed report that they can rely on going forward. Yeah. I think the difference is that the information that we provide needs to be able to be forwarded to the house builder. It needs to be credible and it needs to be balanced because if you take the the side of the customer too much, then you lose the credibility with the house builder. So you are doing what we do in inventories effectively, i.e. sticking to the facts, sticking to the evidence, what you can see, what you can prove, and how that relates, like you said, to the property, the information, the site information, the builders, notes, etc. So everything is evidenced at the end of the day. It's not about your necessarily your opinion, but although I would imagine there is an element of that because of your experience, that the fact that you've you understand and know and and then you can effectively be seen as a subject matter expert in your own right i would argue that's right i think the important thing is not to go too far some of the snagging companies will use boroscopes which is that they drill a hole in the wall and put a camera into the cavity to have yeah. some of them use thermal imaging cameras my personal feeling is that if you are going to comment say on thermal imaging that you need a thermal imaging expert in order to do it you can one of the things that we looked at was going on a training course to do it but it takes two years it costs thousands of pounds wow the equipment costs a lot of money as you can imagine and really it's probably better if you've got a reason to suspect that there's a problem you know with thermal insulation whatever it might be to actually get the experts in to do it a bit like a surveyor really because a surveyor will do like a home condition report and within that they will recommend then if there's something not quite right or they're not quite sure plumbing heating maybe it needs a more of a structural survey etc they will then say to the the report owner as it were the person's commissioned the report to go in and get that particular expertise in absolutely yeah and quite often if you talk to the customer before you go you find out what their concerns are Mm-hmm. So in this day and age, social media, they will tell you that the next door neighbour found that there was no insulation in the wall, would give you a good indication that maybe there's going to be potentially an issue with that. But again, if you can talk to the site manager, you can actually find out, oh yeah, well there was a problem with that, but we now know that all the properties in the next run have all been sorted out, and that's not an issue. You're generally spending more time, you're spending more time with the customer 
find out what their concerns are. When you get to site, you can't just walk onto a site and, and if the house hasn't been legally completed, that is, you can't just walk onto a site and help yourself to the property. You will have to go and see the site manager, obtain his permission to go to the property. You will probably have to go through some sort of induction on the site to make sure that you're aware of the health and safety aspects of it. And along with equipment that you would normally take to a property, you will require to have rigger boots, hard hats, high-vis clothing of some description. They will not let you on site unless you've got all that information and you've got that equipment as a minimum. Yeah, I've actually had to do that myself with one of our, our clients where, again, was literally the whole building, it was 119 units within this building and we were um, tasked to go in to do all the inventory for it because it was done on a uh, build-to-rent basis. But we, yeah, we had to go through in safety induction, we had to wear appropriate PPE, hard hats, high-vis, and also sign in, sign out for you know, each and every site visit, make sure they knew where we were, etc., from a fire and health and safety point of view. So again what that says is, is there's so much more to the role than what most inventory providers will think and certainly i know when i talk to other providers they think the snagging is literally just a case of you know is that painted is that door on is the carpet laid whereas what you're saying is yes you're looking at all of those but then you're looking at so so much more than that so that says it's quite a specialist or specialised kind of service that potentially inventory providers could maybe add to their service. So you've kind of like gone the opposite way around. You, you've been doing this and then you've added inventories to your service. So with that in mind, do you think that inventory providers could add this as a, a potential stream to their service with the right training, right understanding? Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that they can because the majority of what they do day in, day out is what they'll be looking at in a new property. I think it's probably worth saying that if you haven't got new homes experience, you do need to get it. And there are a number of providers out there who, who can assist. So uh, we've already talked about NHBC and Premier. I have been on, I think, two, maybe three training courses with the NHBC, which I did probably 12 months ago when I first started to, to do the snagging report. And they do introduction to house building is one of them. It's a very simple and straightforward course that's designed really for the sales advisors when they first start in the industry. But there's no reason that inventory carts can't go on it. They certainly don't stop you from going on it. I think there are around, quote me on this, but I think there are about 120 plus VATs for the, for the course. So not out of the realms of possibility in regards to the expense side of things? No, you are going to spend money gearing yourself up to do it. There's no doubt about it. They do fire safety courses, which give you a basic background as to fire safety, which is very much a hot topic at the moment. Very much so. The situation. But you can go from sort of snagging and handover training courses Again, mainly for the sales advisors that are on the site, but you can also do defects prevention, which is one of the courses they run for site managers. You probably need to keep your head down about who you are and why you're there. <laughs> <laughs> a bit covert then. <laughs> right, you're in, a, you're in a group of site managers who probably wouldn't want you to be there. In reality, they, there are these courses out there that you can, that you can take for an expense, 
but is certainly worthwhile doing. One of the other things you need to look at is probably the building regs. The problem with the building regs is that they're changing all the time. So I think the last update that's been done is sort of July this year. The governments are now starting to look quite closely at how building regs should be implemented. So it's not just a case of having the regulation there, it's making sure that standard is up to the regulation. So there's a lot of reading to do if yeah. you're not used to it. So, but certainly from your point of view, if it's something that an inventory company, an inventory provider wanted to look at providing snagging wise, that it is doable. Um, Absolutely. From, but you yeah. do need to know what it is you're doing and it is so much more than just like I said, finding the odd mark here or there or a door missing there. Yes, yeah. It, it, in a way, it's approving the lifestyle of somebody that's going to move into the property to make sure that it is up to standard. No, I think that's really, really helpful. And hopefully our listeners will understand the difference now between what an inventory is and what a snagging report is. And the fact that even now, like I said, I've learned something new that how you look at the external aspects of the build from the vendor for the buyer's point of view, as opposed to the landlord stroke tenant's point of view. I hadn't really thought about it in those kind of terms. You always just think about the property or the property border, the, the gardens and the driveway that belongs to the property, as opposed to the external side. So that's really, really interesting. And I suppose from an inventory clerk or company point of view, the main consideration is, is this something that is needed within the industry? Is there a need for snagging reports? Is it a saturated market or is it a market that, that's got potential from our point of view? There are a lot of companies out there that do it. I, th- I still believe that with the increase in house building that is required, with the fact that we are in a period of uncertainty with COVID, the fact that a lot of houses are going to be finished late that would have been finished earlier in the year now going to be towards the end of the year, and the constraints that the house builders are going to be under, because they always say you should never buy a new house at a builder's half year or year end. I couldn't possibly comment on that, but I, I wouldn't disagree with it. And I think that as the year-end approaches for a lot of house builders, there is going to be pressure on the sites to get the product finished so that the money comes in for their financial year-end. I don't think that will go away because I think the pressures are to build more and more houses. Of course, the other thing is that you've got housing associations as well. They are very much stepping up what they do. From our perspective, from LJ Property Inspection's point of view, we tend to look more at quality control. That's what we like to think that we're doing. And there is some house builders out there, the smaller house builders, who don't actually have quality control that will take up the potential for having an outside company come in and do it on their behalf. So that's one of the things that that we look at. It's one of the things that we promote alongside dealing with individuals. Oh, that's interesting, yeah, because I can imagine from going back to what you were saying about the time pressures that builders need to get the product, the property on the market, get it sold in order to be able to get the money for it. And I know certainly looking at the press, certainly in recent months, there's a lot of disgruntled buyers where they've had what they consider as, you know, very kind of high-end properties and but when they're actually living there there's so many issues there's so many snagging issues and and some of them have been like drainage related etc that there's a big problem with like you've just said about rushing effectively to get it done to get it to that year end to get it sold so they can get their the money out of what they've just been doing the, the build cost etc so then there's more likelihood that snagging is going to be needed because of the fact that there is going to be potentially so much more issues or so many more issues than maybe would normally be experienced outside of 
COVID, for want of a better yeah. phrase. Yeah, most house builders don't like to admit it, but probably 25 plus percent, maybe 25 to 35 percent of their legal completions for the whole year happen in the last six weeks of the year, of their financial year. They take the view through the year that they're doing okay and they'll catch up. But it's like anything, you know, once you've got behind, you're unlikely to be able to catch up. And if they're trying to, yes, that's right. If they're trying to squeeze in 25 or 30% of their year's production into the last six weeks, there are going to be issues that are created. I mean, I've certainly experienced that actually with a, not my house that I bought, but another house where the uh, wall tides tidy, you know, the wall ties for the brick, for the external brick, yeah. they weren't there. And what transposed was, or transpired, beg your pardon, was that the actual builder actually bought a property on his site, was losing money, so he cut corners and he didn't put things in like the brick ties, etc. But funny enough, the property he bought was absolutely perfect, but other people had to have like literally the whole side of the, the uh, property, the, the brick actually dismantled and rebuilt because these ties weren't there because they cut corners. And obviously they still paid exactly the same amount, but there was a lot, a lot of issues. I mean, that's not something I, I hear of every day. And that's something that I'd heard after I'd actually bought the house, lived in it for a good number of years and then left. So we didn't actually experience any problems, but it does show you that, you know, there is always a potential there. And it's about having someone like yourself, like Lorraine, like LJ Property Inspections to come in and look at these things and have that eye, that detail and understanding to know what to look for and what to actually put in the report. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I think the other thing, I mean, that is an extreme case, which is would be highly unusual. It's my only example, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think, you know, take time to get onto site, take time to get to come to terms with the site manager, shall we say, and you can learn a lot from from what they do and the way that they do it. I, I would always try and talk to a bricklayer because they've got loads of information and the guys on site quite often will tell you maybe sometimes what the site manager doesn't want you to hear. So there, there is a way that you actually spend a lot more time in actually looking at a development. And once you've done one, the chances are that you probably get another one on the development. You can get recommended by the customer to somebody else, in which case you're on a winner because clearly you're aware of what the issues are on that site, if there are any, and you're able to, to translate that into the next report that you do. Yeah, and word of mouth recommendations, I think certainly from our business is one of the best ways of, of actually getting jobs, getting work, getting known for the right reasons. And certainly within the inventory world, that is something that I personally have always done. I don't advertise. I let our reports speak for themselves. But like you so saying, it's about that relationship, not just with your client who's commissioning you, but also with the site, with the bricklayers, with the people who are in the know, because that will help you build your knowledge base. So again, from my point of view, it showcases how much of a difference there is from an inventory to a snagging and the understanding of what snagging is. I mean, I'm presuming we could be asked just to do the decor, the, the build, you know, have things been painted, you know, are, are the skirtings there, is the carpet laid? It could be as simple as that, but if you want to do it properly, then you're going to have to really understand, like you said, the building regs, the how the property should be built, the understanding of legislation surrounding that, and also understanding the pressures of the actual building community themselves so that you can then understand whether you know cut corners are being cut or whether they are trying to do it that the right way but they just maybe need an extra set of eyes a fresh pair of eyes to actually help them understand where things are maybe not quite right to be able to rectify them ready for sale stroke renting 
That's right, yeah. If you can get the, the house builders on the side, then you can actually point things out to them, which they can put right before they are actually recorded as wrong. Which is um, kind of like what we do at Inventory when you think about it. You know, we're often letting the client, the landlord or the agent um, know that there's issues that need to be addressed before the tenant goes in. Because obviously it means then they don't have to deal with it while the tenant's in situ, which often it makes the, the situation a lot worse if they can't get access or the tenant um, isn't happy about why it wasn't rectified in the first place. So you're, you're kind of like mitigating risks and issues before the tenant takes up occupancy. That's right, yeah. That, that is the ideal world. The, the, the issue, of course, is that house builders don't really want a snagging company around before legal completion. But house builders will not compensate customers on the whole where they have to take a day off work so the plasterer, the painter and the plumber can all get in in order to do work. I try and actually say to the house builder, well, if you mitigate the issue prior to legal completion, Surely that, that's better. It's better all around. Because once a customer's moved in, if you think about it, they need to put dust sheets down, they need to clear up after themselves. Whereas before the customer's moved in, we know what state they're going to leave it in. And, you know, a cleaner will come in and clean up the mess that they've created. So it's a win-win all around. And I, I really don't understand why house builders are loathe to, you know, to allow snacking companies to do a bit of quality control on the product that they're handing over. I suppose it's like what we're doing really today in today's podcast is about educating, you know, the house builders, the infantry providers, the clients as to the best practice so that when it comes to actually doing the snagging reports, mitigating risks, rectifying those issues, that everything's done in the kind of almost like the right order so that everybody is not inconvenienced, but everybody gets exactly what they want, i.e. the, the uh, builder gets paid for the house that they're putting to the market, the vendors get the property they think that they are paying for and the tenants get the property that they're going to be responsible for going forward. So I totally agree with you. It makes perfect sense to do it in, you know, in the right order. But as we both know, reality is often that that just doesn't happen. But I think it's something definitely to strive for. So bearing all that in mind, John, do you have a, a nugget of advice for our podcast listeners as to next steps? You know, what should they be doing now if they're really seriously thinking about adding this as a service? I think I would, as I say, be investigating the training courses that are out there. I would be considering where my customer base is going to come from. One thing is it's not, it doesn't tend to be repeat business unless you can get known within the development and get recommended. And your customer's probably not going to come back for another five, seven, or maybe 10 years. So it's where your customer base is going to come from that's important. So training, definitely. Without training, I think you're going to struggle to do it unless you've got a background knowledge as to house building. Customer base. I think one of the one of the other things that I do, I, I, social media is you can actually get into groups for house builders and try not to mention any that wouldn't be fair <laughs> <laughs> but you can get into groups for house builders reasonably easily and then you can actually monitor the sort of comments that you get i would say that it's the negative side of it because nobody is going to support the house builder within those groups but right. it's just interesting to see what what is being picked up and where the issues are so it might be legal issues over boundaries being moved it could be leaks in properties or roof issues or but you can kind of get an overview as to what most of the house builders defects are from the customers that are complaining to each other about it. So it's definitely about education, about understanding legislation, 
understanding what your demographic is in regards to where you are, the house builds that are being made and developing those relationships and ensuring, like you said, you've got the right kind of training so that when you go to these builders, these providers, or even the clients direct themselves who are buying the properties, that you're very well versed in what it all means and you can know and provide a detailed and quality report because that's what they're going to be paying for at the end of the day. Yes, that's right. But I think also when you're on site with the house builder, if you don't understand something, ask the question. Yeah, they, no, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, a font of knowledge. Providing they're on your side, then they will help you and they'll give you lots of information. And, you know, the better site managers are happy to showcase what it is that they do. Well, I think it's, it's one thing that's really good, certainly within the inventory community that we're trying to develop here on the Facebook support group and also within industry as a whole, is about sharing and talking to each other and advising and giving advice. And like you've done today, uh, you know, I've learned loads already that I just didn't know about. Um, and to be able to share that and pay that forward, it's just going to be for the benefit of everyone and certainly will highlight our industry as to be more than just clerks which is what we tend to be looked at yes absolutely and i I think moving forward that the industry as a whole can can improve and get a better reputation by the knowledge that it that it acquires by the more knowledge that it has And and i think driving forward that is that is what the industry needs it needs more strings to its bow and it needs to prove that the knowledge is out there and can be relied upon absolutely and and that will then form standards that we're all asking for that we all want and need because i think there's so many quality providers out there but we all kind of tend to doing our own thing and that's not necessarily a bad thing but if we were more joined up then we could definitely support each other so much more and also have a voice in the industry as well and that's something we you know sent from an infantry based academy point of view and certainly from my own personal point of view is something definitely striving for because i think we've got such a wealth of experience of knowledge of really good quality providers in the industry and i just don't think we get showcased enough and and um, i'm certainly one for shouting about it as much as i possibly can even to the point of boring people but i don't care <laughs> I, you know we know we're, we're you know we do a really sometimes quite a hard job sometimes not a very nice job and it would be nice to get not, don't necessarily need pats on the back, etc. But nice to have that standing within the industry because we are an important cog in the wheel, and often we're the last cog in the wheel. So without us, nothing else will happen. So it would be nice for the industry to maybe recognise that. But I think you're right in what you're saying is a lot of that is down to us our education, our understanding, what we do, what we provide and providing that quality report, whether that's a snagging report, an inventory, a checkout, a fits with human habitation report, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about having that knowledge, understanding and making sure that, you know, when we impart those reports, we do them to the best of our ability and provide the best quality we can. Absolutely. Yeah. When are you starting the new group? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's for another discussion. <laughs> right. So John Held from LJ Property Inspections, thank you so much for spending your time discussing snagging reports. I said I've learned a lot. I'm sure podcast listeners will have learned a hell of a lot as well. I think it's an interesting subject and it's one that I think a lot of inventory providers could actually add as an additional strand to their service. And certainly in these times, I think, like you said, we need to be as diverse as we possibly can. So thank you again for your help, your expertise, your knowledge. And I've got no doubt and we'll be speaking again about snagging. So thank you very much. No, it's been a pleasure. Lovely. Thank you for our listeners and look forward to the next Inventory Professional podcast. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.